0: It's time for Michigan's retirement coach, Mike Douglas. And I'm Heather Branch here with Mike Douglas to ask for his ideas on ways you can be working now to better prepare for your financial future. Lifeplanwealth.com is our website. You can go there anytime to begin the conversation with Mike and his entire team. We also have links posted in the show notes. So just click there or again, find us anytime at lifeplanwealth.com. All right, so as we get into Q1 of 2024,
1: Ooh, obviously- we're getting, we're getting fancy business talk. We're going Q1, let's go.
0: Every now and then I got to drop in the conference room lingo.
1: Just jazz it up, I love it.
0: We we all start to think about taxes, right? I mean, that's something, for those of you that are overachievers and are already have your accountant appointment on the calendar, congratulations and kudos to you. I've never been mm-hmm. one of those people. Mm-hmm. I'm not a last minute person either, but I'm usually like a mid-March- Like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, But the real planning when it comes to our retirement for tax planning, it's so much bigger and so much more important. The difference that can be made for somebody's retirement income with the right tax planning, I mean, it's actually life changing, is it not?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, when you run the numbers out for people, taxes are the number one expense for most Americans in retirement, more than healthcare, more than inflation more than groceries, gas, medical bills, anything. For most people, taxes are the number one expense in retirement. And yet it's the thing that they avoid planning for the most. They do not want to talk about taxes. They generally, when, whenever we bring up taxes, it's this sore subject. And then you get a rant about the government. And then we hear about how none of it's worth it. I'm not getting anything. And taxes are a frustration for most people. That's why we associate there are two certainties in life. Death, death and taxes. taxes. And the, those are the two things we associate, right? It's like yeah. a death and taxes, and they both feel like crap, you know? Well, the same way, we need to build a plan for those things because they're going to happen. Taxes are part of life, and you just right. have to build a plan for them.
0: That's interesting. That's what you run into, that attitude of they people just don't even want to deal with it. I would think mm-hmm. it would be the opposite if you said to somebody, well, let's see what we can do to reduce what you owe. I mean, in your working years heaven help us all, have we not paid enough? Once mm-hmm. we get to our retirement, find any breaks that we can. Yeah. And this is part of the planning process that you do in your office every single day. So let's dive into that a little bit further. The idea of, I mean, one way for planning for them in in our retirement years is to do a Roth conversion. And this is when you take money and you move it from a pre-tax account, example, a 401k and traditional IRA, you move that to a, an after-tax Roth Yep. earnings can then be withdrawn tax-free. That's what I really think is very interesting about Roth, something that I've learned since having these conversations with you. It's not just that the money you've invested originally is tax-free, it's the earnings are also tax-free when you withdraw. Yep. And we've talked about the idea of working on this for somebody who might be approaching retirement, somebody about three to five years out. But what about a person who is already retired? Is there a cutoff age for a Roth conversion opportunity? Is it beyond their reach at this point?
1: Yeah, when it comes to Roth conversion, there are no rules on Mm -hmm. Roth conversion. Think of it that way. There's no rules. You can Roth convert before you're 59 and a half. Mm -hmm. You can Roth convert all the way till the day you die. You can Roth convert every dollar you have in any given year. You can do the whole thing. So basically the Roth conversion is like the Wild West. You can do whatever you want. However, you will pay taxes on it when you do it. And once the money transfers over, there are certain rules in terms of how it's withdrawn if it's your first conversion to Roth. But otherwise, Roth is a great idea for most people. There is a point of diminishing returns, like a line of diminishing returns where if I'm 75 or 80 Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: I'm starting to still try to push heavy Roth conversion, it's just so someone else gets more tax-free money. And so you just have to decide if that's worth it or not. But generally speaking, Roth conversion is a great idea for most people. I'd say one of the biggest regrets people bring in is when we sit down, they almost always say, I wish I had done more Roth through the years. Hmm. But we were told by the IRS and by everybody is that, well, right now you're earning at a high income bracket. And so if you take money and put it in Roth now, you're paying taxes at a high bracket. And when you retire, you'll be in a lower tax bracket. And people say, okay, well, that makes sense. And it does make sense. But when you take money out, there's a lot of things you have to calculate. It all boils back down to taxes, especially with Roth conversion, because if you are retired and you're turning on Social Security and you have your Social Security kicking and you're going and then you say, I'm going to do some Roth conversion. Well, depending on where you fall on the brackets, if you take money and Roth convert it, it can cause your Social Security to become taxable. Not all of it. But there are these provisional income brackets. And if you take Roth pre-tax money and convert it, it will count against you. And now all of a sudden, they can tax more of your Social Security. And that's one of those hidden taxes nobody talks about. You know, Well, you'll be in a lower tax bracket. Okay, but when I do this, if I have my pension and I have the Roth conversion, which is taxable, and then I take some IRA withdrawals, and then after I take the IRA withdrawals, I'm going to take a Roth conversion that year. And all of a sudden, now they're taxing 85% of my Social Security benefit. So now I keep jumping up these taxes that I wasn't supposed to be paying. Whereas if I kept my income below a certain point, I don't pay taxes on any of my social security. So there's this balancing act. Also, if you convert too much, it will raise your Medicare premiums. Now, is that a bad thing? Not always. It can cost more, but it's oftentimes worth it. There's a modified adjusted gross income, a MAGI number. If you go above that, they will raise your Medicare premiums and Roth conversion counts towards it. So there's a lot of things to calculate. Yeah. It doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. It just means you need to understand the checklist that you have to sign off on before you do it. There are all of these opportunities to do it right. There's opportunities to make a small mistake. Now, once you do it, it's kind of, it's done. But having these questions asked of you, let's calculate all, I just sat with someone yesterday and as we're going through, they're trying to figure out how much to Roth convert all they wanted to look at was, we want to fill this bucket up. We fill this 22% bracket, and that's what I want to do. And then as we worked through the numbers, I said, just so you know, when we do this, it's going to raise your Medicare premiums. Why would it raise my Medicare premiums? Because we went above this number. Okay, well, then bring it below that number. Well, at this point, it was still going to charge a heavy, heavy Social Security tax. I said, as long as you're okay with it, we can do it. So we spent about 30 minutes kind of tweaking numbers down to exactly where they were comfortable. And I can make a case for converting more. I could make a case for converting less. It's just a matter of looking at the longevity. We want to take a long-term view to make short-term decisions. And so knowing the effect of this will help you make the choice. Knowing that taxes, the Tax and Jobs Act of 2018 is going away January 1 of 2026. So knowing that, we know that tax brackets are already set by law to go back up a little bit. Mm -hmm. And that's just based on what it was back in 2017. They also could go quite a bit higher. So but if nothing else, taxes are going to go up in two years. So we should be building a plan right now to take advantage of taxes while they're at a discount. Roth, convert it, put it in there. There's just a lot of conversations that have to be had. I mean, I know I probably just talked through it too quickly in one you know, little sentence, but, but in one little paragraph. But that's what it is. It's all these different pieces that are like a web that work together. And when it's woven correctly, it's very strong, very powerful, very effective. But if it's missing certain pieces, it doesn't do its job. And so that's kind of what we're trying to do is when you do Roth conversion at any age, have a plan for why you're doing it, how much you're gonna do and how long you plan on doing it. Is it a one-year deal? Is it a three, five, seven-year deal? Is it a unique situation because you had some very, you got laid off and all of a sudden you had significantly lower income this year. So you can Roth convert it or you retired in May and now you've got seven months of income that you didn't get so you can convert heavy this year. Or did you work the full year this year but you're stopped working in January. So now we say we're not going to do anything this year, but next year we're going hard on it. There are these questions that we just need to ask. And um, if people click on lifeplanwealth.com, we have a button on there that says, start your retirement roadmap today. That is what triggers the conversation. You click that button, start your retirement roadmap. We start talking about your life, about what you want things to look like. And we have these conversations about taxes, about planning, and we will ask you things that you don't even know to ask yet to figure out if Roth conversion makes sense for you?
0: I'm going to poke the bear. Part of me hates myself for even doing this, but I feel we're A Follow-up remiss- question about taxes, but let's just, go. I feel we're, we're remiss to not bring it up. The idea of where our country is, let's politics out of it. Forget about the election that's going to happen in this year in 2024. Just looking at the debt that our country yeah. is in, just knowing that that debt is continuing to accumulate trillions upon trillions upon trillions of dollars. We are now seeing mm-hmm. wars breaking out and the United States is always, whenever another country, an ally of ours, they, they come to us, they want our support. We obviously, we want to give it, but we've got to take care of our, it's, there's a lot going on. And I feel that there is a lot of untaxed money in our savings, and our retirement savings account. I don't, I'm not starting a conspiracy. I am not saying things are going to happen, <laughs> but you do, you just have to look at what's going on and start taking steps to protect yourself. We have to do, you do what you can do, right? And so yeah, I think that's can, why this is yeah. such an important conversation.
1: Yeah, you can do it from a non-political, strictly statistical standpoint, right? Yeah. And that's what we always okay. want to try to yep. walk and, that line. I think, I think you're up great points.
0: Then explain it to us.
1: <laughs> so here's where it comes. In the history of our federal taxes, yeah. we did not have any federal income taxes as a country ever until 1861 when we had the Civil War and we had to pay both sides of the Civil War. So President Lincoln put into effect a 3% flat tax for the whole country. 3%. Everybody pays 3%, 3% of a little, 3% of a lot. And wasn't the idea for them
0: to, they were going to, once it gets paid off, they were going to stop it. Is that? In
1: 1871, they canceled it. Yeah. They paid the debt and they canceled the whole thing. And then we had no more federal income tax until 1916 when we had World War I. I'm I'm kind of going quick through it, but this is the history of our federal taxes. So we don't repeat it. In 1916, rather than doing a flat tax, we put in a progressive system that says based on how much you earn you're taxed at different levels. And so it shot up within a year where the top bracket was 68%. So imagine being someone who made pretty good money in 1915, and then the next year, you land in a 68% federal tax bracket. So it shot up for World War I, and then they brought it down quickly because of the Great Depression to try and re-stimulate the economy. And then it went up in the late 30s, up, up, up. It peaked in 1945, World War II. Our top federal tax bracket was 94%.
0: Jeez. 94%.
1: And the one below it, you got a little reprieve. It was 92%. And it was just a brutal number. Yeah, And then they stayed high for years, 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 years. And then it finally came down in 1980 when President Reagan came in. And so as a fact, it came down, then it went across and it spiked up. And where we sit today is basically even with the Great Depression for most Americans, which is a very, very low, historically low tax number outside of when we didn't have it. So we're at a low tax bracket right now. History shows us that taxes go up exponentially when one of three things happens, when there is a high level of debt incurred, right, from war or from something else. And it used to be high level was like a couple hundred million, couple hundred billion. High levels of debt are incurred when there are wars around the world that funding goes towards and when there's financial international financial instability, generally triggered by an event. So those are the three reasons. So if we remember those three reasons for war, uh, high levels of debt incurred. Wars that we have to fund into or international financial instability based on some event. If we look at the debt, this is not a Mike's opinion. This is from debtclock.org, usdebtclock.org. From 2018, when the tax and jobs act went into effect, we were at about $20 trillion of debt. Today, we sit at almost $34 trillion. So we've gone from 20 to $34 trillion in five years. Mm-hmm. That's a 70% increase in debt in five years. So that's a lot. So have we incurred a lot of debt? Yes, we have. Both sides, by the way, everybody spends money. Mm-hmm. They just no innocent parties just, here. Yeah, no, no, no. They just stand there and they say this guy is awful, but we're just going to spend it better. Mm-hmm. But we're still going to spend mm-hmm. it, and then everybody lines pockets. But the second thing is, are there wars? Yeah, two wars. We're funding money towards Ukraine, and now we're putting money towards the Israel Gaza Palestine Hamas everything there. Right, and like you said, we want to help. Like we of want we to do. make sure people are protected, especially allies. Yeah. But that's just a, it's a statement, though, that we are giving money to those things. Undeniable statement. Mm-hmm. I mean, hundreds of billions of dollars. And the last one is international financial instability triggered by some event. We are still feeling a financial effects of covid. The international lockdown, the whole world shuts down. Supply chain has not figured itself out. Hyperinflation came. We have. Pay rates have gone through the roof, therefore driving the price of goods up through the roof, therefore driving more people to need higher rate. Like This hyper-inflation, hyper-rising prices, hyper-rising pay, all of those things are related, and it's from the international event. And so just back to 2018, when the tax and jobs act went into effect, since then, all three major events have occurred. And so now, when the Tax and Jobs Act expires and taxes go back up a little bit, the only question is, do they go up a little bit or do they spike up like they normally do? If we know history, we can start planning for the fact that taxes rarely creep up. They fly up and they creep down. So we need to build a plan that says, when they fly up, do I have some hedge like a Roth IRA where I can pull out money and live my retirement life? Because you didn't make any mistakes, but yet you're going to be the one paying the price. Right. By having these higher tax rates, so if you want to do a kitchen for thirty thousand dollars, and today you convert that money because in five years you want to do it. Well, in five years you pull from your Roth thirty thousand dollars and pay for the kitchen, but if taxes have gone up and you're pulling from your four hundred one k or your IRAs regular, you may be pulling out forty five thousand dollars, withholding fifteen grand in taxes, to pay for a thirty thousand dollar kitchen, and that's the difference in choosing to pay at a discounted lower rate like we have today versus whatever they're going to in the future.
0: Basically what I hear you saying is when it comes to our financial planning and retirement planning, proactivity is key. And don't sit there yes. with your head in the sand. Take actionable steps now. Take control back. It's your money that you've worked so hard to earn and save. You do have options. You do have opportunities. These are all of the things that Mike and his team work every single day to show everybody that comes into their office, they can help you as well. So again, the website, lifeplanwealth.com is where you can go to set up a meeting with Mike and his team. We also have links posted in the show notes. And again, take those actionable steps, be proactive, working to better protect your money. Find us anytime at lifeplanwealth.com. Thanks for listening to Michigan's Retirement Coach with Mike Douglas. To learn more, visit lifeplanwealth.com.
1: Michael Douglas is an investment advisor representative of Stewards Wealth Planning, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. To find out if Michael Douglas is licensed in your state, please call 517-323-7526. Stewards Wealth Planning, LLC is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does
0: not provide legal or tax advice. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Michael B. Douglas, NPR number 9650939